Hey everyone, it's Stephanie Kay and welcome to another episode of Hey Steph. It's me, it's Steph and thank you so much for being here. So in this episode, I'm going to get right to it. I want to just kind of talk about a couple of things on this episode and just, you know, sometimes I just call it riffing, but I just really like to speak from what's in my heart. I think that that is the most authentic. So Last week, I believe it was, I happened upon Kanye's Genius showing a trilogy on Netflix, Genius, very Kanye, it's spelled J-E-E-N hyphen Y-U-S, you know, just yay being yay. I saw the first part, it is a trilogy, so I believe the schedule is, it's going to be released, a new episode or trilogy is going to be released weekly on Fridays, I believe it is. I happened to see the first one and I have so many thoughts about it. And so this particular episode is going to be strictly about my thoughts of that particular episode. I'm not going to give any spoilers just because if you have not seen it and you are inclined to, I don't want to waste your time and me telling you about it. If you want to see it, it's there on Netflix. I'm just going to do some takeaways. So if you would rather not listen to this episode at that time or at this time, I totally understand. Maybe watch the first episode and then come on back and let's see if you agree with what I have to say. I took so many pearls from watching that episode and and I interpreted a lot of it more, I'm going to say, with a metaphysical mindset. I appreciated it on the surface level because I am a Chicagoan. So Kanye is a native Chicagoan. So when he shouted out places like 79th Street, he showed up at different spots like Leon's Chick Barbecue Chicken, which is, I don't think it's there anymore, but that was right on 79th Street, on East 79th Street, right off of Stony Island. If you know, you know, right across the street from the Regal Theater. I think both of these places are no longer in business. I mean, definitely the Regal has not been in business for quite some time. But I also think that Leon's Chicken closed. And I grew up over there. Like my, the first 10 years of my life, so to speak, were spent over there. Like literally like two blocks away from both of those places. I was like across the street from the from the Regal and down the street from... Leon. So when I saw him there, I was like, oh my God, it just brought me back to Chicago. And then he shouted out 87th Street, you know, just different major thoroughways on the south side of Chicago. And he talked about other artists, you know, who were really coming up at the time, Crucial Conflict, that is a West Side group who brought us, you know, just straight up anthems like Hey in the Middle of the Barn, uh, Ride the Rodeo, just so many different other hits. <laughs> just I'm showing my age, but uh, I just really like, really like listening to that. Well, my brother liked listening to it. So I would just sometimes wake up in the morning and just, you know, you would hear the beginning of, you know, the song Hey in the Middle of the Barn. So, you know just kind of took a liking to it when you just hear it so much and at just such a voluminous level, you just get an unintentional appreciation for it, you know, because the beat was, was hot. 
And then he also had other artists from Chicago, Twista, The Brat. And they were talking about showcasing what it meant to be an artist and representing Chicago because, you know, the West Coast has a sound. Of course, New York has a sound. But, you know, Chicago didn't really get its due respect, if you will, in the music space um, without these acts. And of course, you know, R. Kelly at one point was a part of that. And I mean, if you want to just talk about R&B, I mean, Chicago has a history in terms of the blues and, you know, a lot of blues and, and, and older artists, you know, definitely came through Chicago in like the 40s, the 50s and whatever. But we're just talking about modern day. So I digress. I'm not going to get into the whole history of music in Chicago. But Chicago does have a history, but it just to the point of the of Kanye's trilogy at the time that he was breaking into the business, one of his goals was to put Chicago on the current map at the time as a formidable player in the hip hop space and the rap space. And so, you know, I think ultimately he did accomplish that. So it was really awesome to see that it was like reminiscing because Kanye and his music and the Brad and Twister, like I said, Crucial Conflict, you know, I was coming of age, you know, when all of this stuff was out. So these are artists that I can relate to. And of course, you know, um, uh, Damon Dash, you know, Rockefeller Records, you know, all of Mystical, All I don't think he mentioned Mystical, but uh, most deaf was in there. A lot of artists that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you easily recognize because this 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 is my genre. This is you know where and how you know I grew up. Well, these are the artists that I grew up listening to and still listen to uh, to some extent today. So it was cool. And but what I really got from watching Genius is I saw several things. And so that's what I want to start this this conversation out highlighting. So the first takeaway that I received from watching it was Kanye seemed to have a level of confidence that I think is needed to succeed. You see him in different spaces playing his music, playing his beats. He was more so at the beginning of his career known as a producer for anybody who's not familiar with his career. When he came on the scene, he was producing a lot of music for renowned artists, Jermaine Dupree. He was working with Jay, like I said, Dame Dash, a lot of the artists on the Rockefeller label. So he was known as a producer, but Kanye always had a larger goal. And Kanye's goal was to be a rapper. So while he was cool, you know, producing music for other people, I mean, that's what he did. It was his passion to produce and to make music. He also had another goal. And his goal, like I said, was to to rap. But he goes on to share or it is unveiled that he was having a difficult time breaking into the game as a rapper because a lot of artists depended upon him as a producer. And thus, they wanted to, in his mind, keep him where he was. 
because they needed him to make his beats. And maybe some of them might have felt that, well, if you're rapping, then you'll be making those beats for yourself. You won't be available to do it for me. So sometimes, you know, it was just a little bit hard for him to get to where he wanted to be because of that, because of those barriers. And he made a comment in the the documentary. I'm just going to call it a documentary, but it's like I said, they call it a trilogy. But he made a comment in the in the documentary that a lot of people looked at him at the time. They saw the money he was making and he was making a lot of money, like I said, producing for these um, artists. Definitely Jay. I can't think of the album that he produced for for Jay-Z. But he made some money. He made some major coins for producing that album. And so you see him with his cars and his money and he's doing well. And he's coming up and whatever. And he said a lot of people, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he was like, you know, a lot of people will look at me and they would be like, you know, you're you're living the dream, you know. And he was like, no, you know, I, I might be living your dream, but I'm not living my dream. And that was so deep because we can apply that logic, maybe not as a producer trying to become a rapper, but I I think that we, most of us can look at our lives and if you're trying to do something significant and you make strides, whether you are first in your family to finish school or get a postgraduate degree, if you are someone who is making it in corporate, if you are somebody who is a successful business owner, if you are someone who decides to leave the corporate space and go a non-traditional route, some people will look at maybe what you have and they would say, well, you're doing great. You know, you're making a six-figure salary. You have a master's, you have a PhD, you have a doctorate, you are an MD, you are an attorney. You are living the dream. And what they really are saying is you're living my dream. You know, and they're not really able to see obviously maybe ahead of that because again, you're living their dream and they can't see why you or me would want more than that because some people think, well, you have enough, right? They feel like, okay, you have the education, you have the house, you have the salary, you have the family, you have the cars, you have the money. What more could you possibly want? I.e., that's all I would want, right? That's what some of them are saying. And sometimes people will come out and even say it to you. Like, well, what more do you want? Why are you trying to tempt fate? Why do you want to rock the boat, right? Some people just can't see beyond themselves and beyond the limitations that maybe they have set for their lives, the safety net that they reside within. They can't see it. And so you have to be very clear, like Kanye said, that it's cool. You're living their dream but you're not living your own. And you have to know that you're going to have to be okay surpassing certain people, even if that means that you are exceeding their expectations or you are exceeding their dreams. The other piece that really resonated with me was how, and again, this is me paraphrasing, but how certain people will get comfortable 
with you being where you are because it benefits them. Whether it be at work, you know, you're, you're, you're going for promotions and you're trying to advance in your career. Maybe you're trying to advance in your business or you're trying to advance academically, whatever it is, right? Some people have a vested interest in you staying where you are because they need you. Full stop. If you leave your position that creates a hardship for them. That creates an inconvenience for them. If you are no longer available to watch their kids, or if you are no longer available to run errands for them or with them, if you are no longer available, fill in the blanks, that creates a significant problem for them. And so some people will work very hard to keep you where you are. It does happen. And when he was talking about that, how people were so comfortable with him being where he was and because he was making money, it's like, well, what else could you want? Right. You're some young artist. You know, you're not even 30, probably wasn't even 25 at the time, probably wasn't barely over 22. You know, you're making all of this money, probably making the most money out of anybody in your family. How dare you want to go and be a rapper, be a solo artist? Like, how dare you? Like, dude, you got enough. You know, stay in your lane. And a lot of people will try to keep you in a lane. And you have to know that. Only you get to determine what your lane is. Like, I really need you to hear that. And I need for me to hear it too. Is that I am not going to stay anywhere beyond when I feel it's necessary. Or when I feel that it's time for me to grow. I'm not going to stay planted because it makes everybody else comfortable. As I heard somebody say one time, I have to leave your fears with you. So if you're nervous and you're worried about what comes next and what's on the other side, well, you know what? I might be nervous too. But again, fear is not a good enough reason not to do something. Yes, you you are cautious. You should think about certain things and you should have a plan and you should have an idea about what if and what your plan B, what your plan Z is going to be. Absolutely, you got to use your common sense. But at the end of the day, sometimes your voice needs to be the only voice that you hear when you need to make a critical decision about your life. Because when you get too many perspectives, it weighs you down. And these are not haters. These are people who mean well. And they probably really want you to do well. They just can't see where you're going. They don't, they don't have the map. They can't see it. They can't see the GPS on your life. So they are going to project because they wouldn't do it. So they're going to project those fears, those limitations on you. And you just have to be prepared for that. And when it happens, literally, let's just say in the corporate space or at work or in your business, sometimes you have to be willing to pivot. Sometimes you have to be willing to move on because sometimes people, familiarity does breed contempt in certain situations. And sometimes people get really comfortable in knowing who you were 
they can't see where you're going and they can't see who you are becoming. They want to say and they want to keep thinking about you and regarding you in the way that they've always seen you or in the way that they've always known you. Oh, you used to do this or we used to hang out or what do you mean you want to go and be a doctor? What? Remember, you couldn't even do math. Look, you can't even, you know, count without a calculator. Oh, my God. Like you can't even really read, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, people will talk about how they know you and Sometimes they will position that as a reason why you can't evolve. And so you have to be prepared to surprise them and really surprise yourself because it's really not about impressing them as much as it's about impressing yourself. So if you find yourself on a job and you find that you're not able to promote and you've done everything, you've talked to the right people, you have done the necessary introspection to see if your performance could be a hindrance, if other uh, type of deficiencies or opportunities that may exist. You've asked your peers, you've asked, let's say, your direct supervisor for coaching, whatever. If you've done everything reasonable to get the training or gain the skill sets that you need to move on to the next level. Sometimes you you have to also consider maybe you need you need to go where everybody doesn't know your name. Maybe you need a fresh start. And if you're able, I am a fan of relocating. And it's not about running away from your problems or running away from people, but just sometimes people are too close and they can't get past certain things. They can't get past how you used to be, that they just can't believe that you could be this new person or that you could assume this new position or you could actually successfully do this job because they just don't see it. They don't see you in they and they don't see you in it. And that could be fair, right? You just, you know, you, every situation is different. But just because they can't see it, it doesn't mean that somebody else won't. And if you want it bad enough, which is also a takeaway from watching genius, is if you want something bad enough, you got to be persistent. You got to use the word no as a vitamin. You got to listen to your own beats. You got to listen to your own raps and know that is good. You got to have a foundation. You got to have people in your corner who believe in you. And maybe it's your, your mother. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's just you can count on one hand how many people actually believe in you. Well, then you know what? Those are the people that you cleave to. And those are the people that you confide in and you leave everybody else where they belong on the peripheral while you figure it out, while you hone your skills, while you get whatever it is that you need to get to get to the next level. Sometimes that's what you got to do. So I took away so much from watching that first episode and I did also see some things like, you know, yay being yay. And I, I have to say, just in general, Oprah was spot on that 
you know, money is a magnifier and money only magnifies who we already are. And I'm just going to say from my own observation, watching Ye before he, watching Kanye before he became Ye, before the Yeezys, before he joined the Kardashian clan, you know, he was being Kanye and Kanye was Kanye, right? And I would just probably offer without knowing him and not really trying to be all up in his business, but money is a magnifier in this case too, in my opinion, that money just magnifies who you are and you there you have to have certain of certain elements of those personality traits or whatever. They already exist and money and access and fame and being surrounded by people who won't tell you no, being surrounded by people who are just on the ride and they're just, you know, looking out for themselves. You're the meal ticket. You're the goose who laid, who laid the golden egg. No, they're not going to say anything. No, they're not going to pull your coat. That You're not going to probably listen to them anyway because you're the one writing all the checks, right? So I'll just digress there. But I just got so many helpful pearls of wisdom. I don't always look at the messenger. I think you can get a message from anyone in certain situations. And so I chose to focus on the message of being resilient, the message of being so in tune with your dream. It does not matter what other people think and being so crystal clear about your dream that and your purpose and what you want to do and staying focused that, yes, you might have to do other things. You might have to produce other people's records before you are able to release your own. You might have to be a background person before you can take center stage. You might be the only person you and another person might be the only people on the planet who see the vision. But if it's good, if you're really good, then that won't be the case for long. So that was my takeaway. Again, it's genius on Netflix. So if you are so inclined, go check it out. And along these same lines of, you know, just people kind of wanting to keep you where you are and, and making changes in your life and, you know, looking at people looking at you, let's just say, and just saying that you have enough and thinking that you have enough. You know, I had a really beautiful apartment when I lived in Brooklyn. It was absolutely beautiful. It had, it was in a brownstone, a single family, uh, not single family, but it was in a brownstone. I had the garden apartment and just Brooklyn Brownstones, I mean, if you ever watch any movie or TV series, if you think about like the Huxtable House, I mean, they lived so-called in a brownstone um, in Brooklyn. And just they are beautiful pieces of architecture. So anyway, I digress. So I lived in the garden apartment of a brownstone and it had been re re um, renovated. And I understand that the prior owner was an interior designer. So she used her home as kind of like her portfolio. And let me tell you, home girl snapped. I mean, she snapped 
my former landlord, his place, he had basically the duplex and I had the garden apartment, as I said, and then there was a basement underneath me. There was nobody in the basement. So it was him on the top two floors and it was me on the first level, which was a privilege because I also had the access to the backyard. But anyway, I had hardwood floors throughout the apartment, the living room, bedroom space, and then the kitchen area, dining room area had like marble floors. It was just gorgeous. And the bathroom was like, I don't know. It it was just like just ribbon glass all over the place. The sink had gold fixtures and faucets, the self-standing. It was gorgeous. I had a jacuzzi. It was gorgeous. And I, and I tell you all of this because... When I was ready to go, I'm sure there were people in my circle that were like, what do you mean? Look at this apartment. Like nobody has an apartment like you. Okay. (laughs) Nobody has an apartment like you. This is people always commented how beautiful my apartment was. I mean, because it was, it was like a masterpiece and I would like to make a space in my home that kind of replicates what I had at that apartment. But some people will look at that and they will say, as an example, well, why do you want more? Like, why do you want to, why would you move? You know, you, you have a jacuzzi in your bathroom. What, what are you doing? Right? People don't even have jacuzzis in their homes and you have a jacuzzi in your apartment where you rent. And it's not because I didn't appreciate that. I enjoyed all of those amenities and then some, as long as I lived there, I lived there for almost eight years or a little bit over eight years. And my landlord was awesome. We got along, no issues, no drama. He was really, really good to me. So I had lots of reasons to stay. But I had one reason to leave and that was because I needed more and I dared to want more. So yes, I dared to want more than the apartment that had a jacuzzi, that had marble floors throughout, that had those beautiful hardwood floors and a beautiful brownstone in Brooklyn. Okay. Yes, I had the audacity to want more than that. And believe it or not, I got it. Because now I live in something that I own, that I own, that I'm paying and I'm investing in myself. And every month that I pay, I'm reinvesting in myself. That's my why. But sometimes you have to know your why, which is what I talked about in the prior episode. Some people can't see it, but you have to make sure that you see it. And then... I also think about FOMO, fear of missing out. I don't know about you, but I do sometimes give in to that fear of missing out. When I go on Instagram or I go on LinkedIn and I read different people's posts and I see different thought leaders in certain spaces and I say to myself, well, self, you could have wrote that. You know, you could be starting a consulting practice. You could be writing a book. You could be posting on LinkedIn and you could be offering these different pearls of wisdom. Like you say stuff like this, like this could be you. 
And sometimes, like, I think it was Friday, I, I really saw myself feel like I was slacking off because I wasn't doing what they were doing. I'm doing they in air quotes, right? I wasn't posting like them. I wasn't offering my services. I don't have a book written yet. I don't even have an outline for a book yet. Right. And some people would think that I should. I've even had friends tell me, you got to write a book. You should write a book. And I can assure you that I will. I'm going to do it when it's time, though. Right. Because the book that I would have written at 30, I wouldn't write that book today. And the book that I would have written two years ago, I wouldn't write that book today. So when it's time, I'm going to write. I am not a leaky vessel. So whatever it is that I need to say, the message that I need to say that can only be uniquely said by me is still within me. It's not going anywhere. No one can take it. No one. Not even the person who posts every day on LinkedIn. Not even the person with the sexy IG page, colorful, the beautiful fonts. I mean, with the beautiful website. God bless them. That's not what I have. But what I do have is I have this mic. I have people like you who listen to my podcast. I have people like you who support me on my blog by reading my content, who tell me that I'm doing a great job, who commend my work, who respect my work. I'm good there, right? And I'm I'm here to tell you that I'm not done right? The best is yet to come, but I'm not trying to run anybody else's race right now. I am staying comfortably in my lane, sharpening my tools, honing my tools, because it's all here. It's all within me and no one can take it away from me. Like no one can take it away from you, right? What you have is for you. The message that you have to tell It's yours. And yes, the message has been said. And yes, somebody might have said it and they might have said it beautifully. But you know what? It hasn't been said by you. And there's the difference. Somebody who is going to buy Kanye's album, that does not mean that if Jay-Z were to release an album too, that they wouldn't go buy Jay's album. Right. Kanye shouldn't be worried about, as an example, Kanye shouldn't be worried about releasing or not releasing his content because Jay might do it or Drake might do it. So what? As as somebody once said that the universe makes space, people will move over and sometimes you got to just create your own lane and that's fine, too. But. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help you to be looking on anybody's paper, worrying about what anybody else is doing. You got to stay focused on your goal. Stay focused on your why. Stay focused on what it is that you want to do. Don't worry about the people who want to see you the way you were, the way that they remember you, the way that you were when you were 18. If somebody is still trying to relate to you, the way you were at 18 and you're like in your 40s now or your 50s, your 30s, or even your 20s. If people are still trying to remember you when, 
and keep you there, let them stay there. You move and you be comfortable with moving and don't feel sorry because everybody can't come. Everybody, they're, they're not able to, to go with you on the journey. Some people can come, but everybody can't. And you got to be okay with that because we've seen people, celebrities who tried to take their friends and family with them and it just didn't work because people want the results of your vision, but a lot of people are not equipped. They are not strong enough. They don't have the foresight to be able to walk with you when times get tough or when things get shaky. Not everybody can endure that. So you just got to know who you have. But at the end of the day, you must know who you are and what you're made of. And when you do, you're booked to make it, as my mother would say. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you maybe check out Genius, J-E-E-N hyphen Y-U-S on Netflix if you want to check that out. Uh, Like I said, I only saw the first uh, episode and I thought it was pretty cool. So um, yeah, so until next time, I want to always tell you how much I appreciate your support. Please give me some support on my blog. I have that information in the description of this episode so that you can know where to find me on WordPress. And last but never least, thank you so much for listening. And you will hear me on the next episode of Hey Steph. Be well.